You're either going to let this fear rule you or you're going to go get your life. You're going to go show up for your destiny. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the Kathy Heller Podcast. So we just flew from Los Angeles to South Florida. We are spending a few weeks here for the holidays and it's so nice to be in holiday mode. I hope whatever you're doing over the next couple of weeks, you get a chance to just relax a little bit and slow down a little. So today I wanted to share a piece of a coaching call that we did with a couple amazing women. First, you're going to hear from Allison, who's been trying a few different things to make extra income, but she felt like she was not feeling that sustainability financially. She was concerned that she didn't have the expertise or credentials to make some business out of what lights her up. So I think you might find that really interesting. And then I'm talking with Anthena, who knows she's meant for a bigger purpose, but she's wondering, how does she get there? These are challenges that I hear about a lot from you, so I think this is going to be helpful. By the way, if you have a question that you want me to answer on this podcast, you can email us or you can record a voice memo and send it to hello at kathyheller.com with the subject line, Ask Kathy, and I'll answer it on the show. All right, let's get into the conversation. Here we go. So Allison, going to answer your question. Hi. Nice to see you. Thanks for being brave and raising your hand. Oh my God. I have to say your quiz. I went and took your quiz of the things. Yeah. And it was because like, I never realized like investigator was a thing. Like... I almost thought like, is something wrong with me? I just love to research all the time. So I just wanted to thank you for that, first of all. Oh, I'm so happy. Isn't that cool that that is a whole world that you can throw yourself into and make a living doing that, just being a researcher? Yes. That like blows my mind. I've always kind of had this idea that you couldn't because I've been gathering. I gather from so many places and then I never want to be someone who's like, oh, this is mine, but it wasn't originally, you know? So how to make that mine, I think was kind of huge. (laughs) Amazing. So my question is, so I spent the last year, my husband and I, like I hit this wall where I realized my husband was kind of at like a cap on his income. Sorry, it's all like emotional. And, but I stay home with my kids. I thought about, I applied for jobs, all that, woke up like bawling because I didn't want to leave my babies. And so I started like with, I'll try to keep it short, Amazon FBA, things like that, did all the things. But really after a year of it all, I've made money, like baby successes, but not even close to what I've spent kind of thing, you know? And I feel like I've been going up against a wall thinking like, I can't make money being me. I have to make money doing all these things, you know? So like what you're saying is like, oh, like it totally hits home. So my question is kind of like, because now we're like in the negative, right? And I'm at this spot where I'm like, I know I want to do it, but like, can I keep investing when will I just be in the same spot again, you know? So like, is there a way, but I know it's energy, right? Money comes energy. So like, is there a way to shift my mindset, something I can do to be able to make this happen? Yes. First of all, I just wish I could give you a hug because <laughs> you're so lovable and beautiful and kind and your kindness See, this is what I mean about energy. We all get a really good read on people like that. And you're just so lovable that I wish I could sit next to you and at least hold your hand. So I'm kind of doing that. But 100%, you have so much. And I look at it kind of like this. You know, when you take your kids to Chuck E. Cheese and they get all these tickets And then they can cash in the tickets for the prizes at the end. So once they have the tickets, they already have, they have it. They now just got to go cash them in, right? They already have, they have it. They're sitting on it already, right? When I meet people like you, I'm looking at you and I'm like, you're sitting on all the tickets. You have all the (laughs) tickets. You just have to go cash them in. You already have it. Why do I say that? Because since the beginning of time, The way we work as human beings is we trade with each other. And when we do that, we take what we have to offer and we exchange it for like value. And when we created money, we used money as the ticket to signify the value of the exchange. 
You have so much value that people need. You said three times just now, mindset. Mindset is it, right? You said that. Just that alone, just the way someone can actually affect and change someone's mindset, that alone is something people pay for. That alone, I mean, it's air. You're selling air and people pay for it because it's valuable. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the fact that you have things you're good at and the fact that you have things you want to do and the fact that you're this beautiful of a person, you have value that can be exchanged, right? If somebody found this ring on the street, they would think that they just got a lucky day, right? Because they can, they already know this has value and there's a market that tells us how valuable this is and they can just go exchange it. Every one of us already has those diamonds within us that the truth Now, how do we go exchange it? The more offers you make, the more money you make. People aren't making the offer to do the exchange. They don't make the offer. Why don't we make the offer? Because we sell ourselves short. We don't think that anyone's there to exchange with. Why do we think that they're not there? Because we don't think we have this thing to exchange. We don't realize that everything we are and everything we see and everything we think is valuable. We don't get that, but it is. It is. From the second I started my podcast, before I even knew what I was going to do with the podcast in terms of monetizing, I was getting nonstop DMs from people. Can I hire you? Can you coach me? I'm like, what? Like I was a songwriter who was also then teaching artists how to create businesses. And then I started this podcast. It was like just my energy. People were like, what's the offer? How do I work with you? Right? So when you start to show the world, business comes from visibility. And from visibility, we make the offer. And the sale is never sold. There are no sales because the sale comes to you. When you are visible and you are there sharing what the offer is, people come to you and ask you for it, right? When I'm walking into Bloomingdale's and they're like, oh, can I help you with anything? I already know what I'm looking for. She doesn't have to hard sell me on an Allison Olivia sweater. I already want that sweater. I just didn't know which one they had or what, but I already want it, right? I'm looking for it. But why? Because there's visibility. I know they're there and I know I can walk in and I know they're going to offer things to me. Then I sell myself on it. So each one of us has to ask ourselves, are we visible? Does the world know about us? Most of the time, the answer is no. No one's visible enough. Then number two, is the offer there? Is it clear how we are generous? My podcast is free. I do it three times a week. I have three kids and I've done 800 episodes. Why? Because I love it. Why? Because I don't sit on my phone for hours a day and I don't do other things that other people do like check email. I don't check email. So I use time different, but that is how I'm visible and that's how I'm showing up and giving the offer right? People hear me coaching and talking to people and, and, and giving kinds of, you know, ideas and thoughts. And then they say, oh my God, now you're doing this paid workshop. Now you're doing, I want to come. I'm already in. You've already given so much to me. The deposit is already there. Our job is to make those deposits. So I said on the call earlier, how does it start? It starts by giving something away for free. And then you have one satisfied customer. You give it away for free and then you have the offer and somebody buys it. So with you, I'd like to take a second and figure out what is it that you could do to be visible and share, just make the free deposit of the offer. And then we're going to get that satisfied customer. Because I'll tell you what, every single person, every single day of the year is looking for someone to solve a problem for them. And when somebody comes along and for free shows up and is visible and for free is already offering value, boom, we want to do business with that person. So our job is not to sit around and wait, but to be visible and go offer and make a deposit all ready for free on any topic. So you were talking about investigating, being an investigator. And she's talking about this quiz that we have on my website, kathyheller.com. There's a quiz. It's a passion finder quiz and it helps you figure out, are you a maker? Are you a teacher? Which one of those things do you provide services? What's, what's your best fit? We worked with a psychologist to make this quiz. We have this quiz on the site. So she was saying that she saw that she's an investigator. People don't often realize you can make a lot of money just being a researcher. There's a lot of people who make lots of money because they just look into topics. They just explore things. They just create 
information and content and they, they're not even the expert. They're just gathering the experts. Okay. So I'm thinking out loud, like, what are the kinds of people that I can think of who don't have traditional types of offers? Like, you know, someone who doesn't make a t-shirt, somebody who doesn't teach karate, like out of the box things. So what came to my mind was this guy named D-Rock. So he works with Gary Vaynerchuk. He works with Gary V. He has a huge job at VaynerMedia, but how did he get the job? He reached out to Gary and said, hey, I'm a videographer. I'm obsessed with you. I'd like to follow you around for a week for free. Okay, great. Come follow me around for a week for free. Cut two, he's making hundreds of thousands of dollars. He lives his life following Gary around the world and he takes video and documents everything he does. It's one example, but I am telling you that it exists all day long, every single day. Most of the people who have ever worked for me are people who raise their hand to offer value. And then I saw value and I was like, you know what? That's valuable. Why don't you come work for me? Ezgi's been with us for almost three years. Ezgi was one of our students who was like, I'm good at graphics. I'm good at this. And she was just loving up on our class and loving up on me. And doing. I was like, maybe you should just do graphics. We'll hire you for that. Oh my God, you're good at this. Oh my God, you're good at that. Oh my God, you're so kind and, and generous and engaging. Here's a full-time job, right? But it exists is the point right? And how I got my first song in my first Hasbro spot, I did an ad, I did a song for a game called Words with Friends, is because I wrote songs for them that they needed for free and sent them to them. And then they were like, oh my God, this is amazing. We're going to use this for Coke. We're going to use this for Target. Next thing I know, $350,000 writing songs is the easiest thing in the world because I dug the well before they were thirsty. In anything, most people are sitting around waiting to be asked. Don't sit around the world right now. Whoever it is that you can serve is looking for you right now. You are the answer to somebody's prayer right now. And no, I wasn't curing cancer by writing songs, but it's what I do. I don't know how to cure cancer. I'm not good at science, but I'm good at writing music. And so I thought to myself, whose job is it right now to find a song for an ad and I could help that person with the actual job they have. And so I started reaching out to those people saying, I'm on board. I'm a collaborative person. What do you need? I'm going to help you. Oh, God, thanks so much. Most songwriters never ask me those questions. Okay, here's what I need. I'm looking for a needle in a haystack. I need a song that says this line. Can you write it? Gone. Got it done. So what are you doing right now that you are thinking that you love? And how can we get you to be visible? And how can we get you to start making deposits for free with the right people doing that thing? Let's start to see if we can figure this puzzle out together. Hey, I'm so grateful. Because <laughs> I've been like puzzling on this myself. Um, the things that I actually love are the things that I've been doing. Well, you told me before, you do not want to continue to do things that you don't love. So let's talk about the things that you love and let's see how we can help you turn that into a business. So I think the rock I come against is like, I love these things, but I feel like I don't know enough to help people kind of thing. But um, so I love anything with like myofascial release. Like there's things with like fascia, like live, all of that. I've done tons of into health, but not like weight loss health, just like supporting your body, things like that. But the whole health thing does have a little bit of a dark side to it sometimes because I feel like it stemmed from dark. Stuff, so I don't love sharing about that as much. And then I guess, because most of the time, like I'll find a something I love, like say your podcast, I'll dive deep into it or I'll listen to a book on like deep nutrition or I, I'm constantly wanting to grow and be better and do more, which is sometimes good and sometimes good. <laughs> those are all good. I mean, you just gave us a lot to play with. Okay. But let's just explore those two things for a second. Okay. So I saw a lot of people lighting up around fascia stuff. And I know mm -hmm. that just recently, I got into that stuff because I was having, you know, when you turn 40, all of a sudden you're like, hello, hormones, hello, pain I never knew existed. And then you freak out and you think the worst and then you run to get your mammogram and thank God everything's fine. Thank God. Let's all be really regular with that. So I got a mammogram and an ultrasound and the doctor was like, it's just you're 44. Welcome. Like, you know, you should have your lymph node massage, like all of that stuff. Like it's just a lot of stuff that runs around in your body. So I started going for these like massages, these special, and it was just like, 
it's amazing how different you feel afterwards. And then there are certain things, of course, you can do that you're eating and drinking that change your life drastically. I mean, hello, wasn't drinking water most of my life, like just (laughs) drink, you know, fun iced tea and coffee, like not going to work. So I think a lot of people, especially I don't want to say our age, because I feel like you're at least 10 years younger than me, or not more. But women are are really aware of that. So there's a market for that. So here's the thing I want you guys to get. If there's a market for something, that is great evidence that there's room for you. What do we always see? One gas station will open right next to the other gas station because there's a market because they're like, I'm not stupid. This gas station already did the research to find out that there's a ton of drivers over here who stop and fill their car up. So I'll get a gas station right next door. The ice cream store usually gets its location across from the other frozen yogurt store. Like this is the way that it goes. There is already a market. So that's good. There's a market. If you wanted to do that, how could you do that? How could you give that away? How could you start to be known? I already have 16 ideas. I can start to throw them out at you, but I want to ask you first and then I will have, don't worry, I won't hold back. But what could you do if you wanted to make money today? If you wanted to book clients by the end of today, by the end of this week, what could you be doing right now to make that happen? What do I do if like the first thing that comes up is like, I'm not certified. Like I get these things from other people. They're their techniques, you know, Correct. not you know who wasn't, you know, who had no PhD, Jesus. <laughs> no, I am so sick of it because no one cares. Here's what people care about. Results. Why do people listen to me? It's the results. It's my track record. It's the other people I've already helped. It's my own career. It's my own success. It's my own house is my business card. My own, the fact that my husband's retired, that people kind of go, Oh, I guess she's been doing this. Oh, she came out there with no money, no trust fund. If you can cut your own hair and you can cut your daughter's hair, I don't care if you went to beauty school. Please cut my daughter's hair. Let's go. Let's get it done. It's the results. Okay. Right? Yeah. It's not the PhD. It's not the certification. It's what is, how many people can tell you that they're a life coach and how much do we actually believe that they can help us? It's the results. I guess there's one. So like there's these balls that I like, I was like sitting on one of these balls. It helps when you're sitting to kind of make things easier, but there's one that's bigger and softer. And every morning I do like a gut roll on it where you kind of like moving around and one like breathing into it and stuff it helps me like de-stress a little bit and then two it makes you more regular and works super well for that then I was like do I share and I didn't create it it's not my idea so here's the thing there's a whole world of people and there are different buyers and there's different kind of buyers some buyers are really analytical and in order for them to make a purchase they do need to see tons of certifications and tons of things like that. Let them live and be well. There are other people who they make decisions, buying decisions from their gut. You were just talking about the gut. Mm -hmm. Those are probably your buyers, right? You don't have to be all things to all people. So if you are the kind of person who has a particular path, just know that out of 8 billion people, there are plenty of people You couldn't even get to all the people who want to be your customer. That's how many of your customers exist. That's how many of those people exist. You can't even service them all. But let's go back to the question. So let's say if we put this aside, this imposter syndrome, what do you need to do to be visible to make the offer to your people? So I can give you some ideas, but this is what I really want you guys to get. Do you see how the imposter syndrome and all the limiting beliefs keeps us so stuck in the mud that we can't get to the action? Because we're just so bound by the limitation, we can't even be clear about how to innovate and just do the right thing. So I'm going to tell you what I think that right action is, but I was curious if you had an idea, what do you think you could do to let those people know that you exist and to start making deposits with them? So we have an Instagram account that's like a family one that has like 67,000 following. It just randomly took off last year. I've never monetized it or anything, but I've been trying to learn- how to share things that we like. And so I learned with deep links. So I've I've been sharing some of the things that we use like from Amazon and stuff. So like the thing that comes to mind possibly is that just creating like a reel or something about doing that, say like the gut massage or something like that. And then 
using the deep link to send people to the ball. That's one thing I can think of. I don't know how many of them see it, you know, with Instagram, but I know they're there. But they started following for like toddler reels and stuff. So then it, sometimes I have this like, oh, I can't post about other things. But maybe I like create a reel using the techniques I've been learning about like the gut massage type thing and then use a deep link to the ball or something like that. Because sometimes reels do go to other people too, besides your following. Yes. So listen, most of the time people come for one thing and they stay for you. They stay for you. So it's like people could be attracted to the toddler stuff or whatever, but the reason they stick around is they like you. They just come to like you. So then within the group of people that you've curated, there will be people who like you, who then are ready to just hear the next thing that you have on your mind that you have to offer. However, the quickest way to cash, the quickest way is to go directly to five people a day and make that free offer. And so I would be saying, hey, I would text five girls from Carline that you know from your kid's school. I would text people from your church, five a day. Hey, I'm doing this whole fascia, lymph drainage thing. I do these sessions. I'd love to give you one for free. If that feels supportive for you, let me know. And you book a 30-minute session with somebody. And you impress me because I don't feel like I know enough. Well, that's the thing. Here's the thing, you guys. Courage comes before confidence. The first thing you do is you employ courage and then the confidence comes. The first time I did a podcast when I had an actual guest come on, I thought I was going to throw up. I had to interview Howard Schultz. This is like early on in my podcasting career. This is the man who started Starbucks. He decided to run for president and I'm like with my venti and I'm like, this is awesome. And then I literally trip and spill the coffee everywhere. Like, when do I spill coffee? Not very often. I was so nervous. I'm like, great, awesome. Collected myself. And then I remembered my grandmother who passed away, who used to say to me, Kath, my money's on you. There's nothing you can't do. Go in there. And then I remembered that it doesn't matter if he's a billionaire. It doesn't matter who he is. Love is the mic drop. And I realized that I have love to give. And that I'm a genuine loving person and that anyone who's anyone can feel when someone's loving in a room. And that is always the most powerful person in the room. And it was done. You will always be scared when you start things. You will not have confidence. I took my first daughter home from the hospital. I was writhing in anxiety. Like literally, I said to my sister, if they took an x-ray They should be able to see how anxious I am that they're giving me this baby. I don't know the first thing about it. I wasn't a babysitter. I didn't grow up taking care of babies. I never changed a diaper. Then they hand me a kid. Now she's 11 and a half. Where's my confidence? I had no confidence. Also, I had a mom who was depressed my entire life who suffered from manic depression and bipolar who couldn't get out of bed. I don't know what I'm doing. What happens is you start with courage. And then the confidence kicks in. Now I have three kids. She can like do everything herself, my third one. She could take care of the whole family. She's my boss. She bosses everybody around. She's got it. Because by the time I had her, I could do it with my eyes closed. This is why I say it's not a business problem. It's a courage problem. And I'll tell you, the first time I went to my first co-writing session to write a song, you're talking about writers who wrote with like successful artists. Every time, all of a sudden, my first 10 writing sessions, something would come up. I'd be like, you guys, I, I can't come because um have to get my taxes ready. It's like, you're in taxes. You're a starving artist at that point. What taxes? I always found a convenient reason. And eventually I said, stop it. I said to myself, you're either going to let this fear rule you or you're going to go get your life. You're going to go show up for your destiny. Get over it. And so I would get over myself. And here's the best part. It doesn't matter that I've gotten to do really cool things or I'm writing my second book or I've made millions of dollars being a nice person. None of that matters. You know what really matters? Who I've become. I have courage. And now I have the confidence to know that I can employ that courage anytime I'm scared and I'm going to be here still standing. That's the best part. You can do this. And if you start offering, Five people a day, they won't all take you up on it. But if one person every other day says yes, 
Then by the end of the month, you'll have done four or five free sessions. And by the end of the month, if the data holds and the data is pretty strict on these things, it really knows you'll have three customers. So you're asking those people like for money for it? No. So you give it away for free and you say, hey, five people and offer that. You say, hey, and then you you're going to get a lot of demand. So you have to see how much you can actually do. By the time day four rolls around, you might not be able to offer anymore, but you give sessions away. And then you ask the person with true curiosity, how did that help? Would you have wanted something different? These are your people. This is your focus group. You're now creating what Honda spends millions of dollars to create in a focus group. You're doing it for yourself. And then you say, is this something you would want? And then some of them are going to say, oh, yeah, I do want it. And they're going to say, what does it cost? And you're going to create your first offer. You're going to say, I sell a package of five sessions for $265. I mean, you're going to make it up. You're going to look at the market, see what the market is, and be somewhere in the low to mid range when you start. Now you've got five clients. Now you're making money. Mm -hmm. And it just takes off. It can't not take off. And then I could learn more about it so I feel less. Well, of course you will. Allie Webb is a friend of mine. Allie Webb started the dry bar. Allie Webb was a mom who didn't go to college, who had a lot of imposter syndrome, who was depressed, who had a baby, who was going to these mommy and me groups feeling very down and sad and dealing with postpartum depression. And she turned to one of the moms in the group and she's like, I'm going to do it here. Do you want me to do your hair? It'll make you feel better. So she goes to her house with her baby sitting next to her doing this woman's hair. Then the next mom said, can you come do my hair? After a while, she was like, I guess I need to charge because I need to leave the baby sometimes with a sitter and it's getting out of control. She went to her brother and said, hey, I think this is a business. Just blowouts, not cut, not color, just blowouts. And her brother said, I believe in you. Let's go. They opened a tiny, tiny little store with a loan from a bank in Brentwood called the Dry Bar. The rest is history. It starts by having the courage without any confidence to offer something without any certification to love somebody and do what you do well. And that's how it starts. Now, most people won't ever have dry bar or sell it for hundreds of millions of dollars because they won't have the stupid courage to just ask the five moms if they can do their blowout. It all comes down to those five moms. Her whole business is those five moms. The whole thing. The whole business, because once she did those five blowouts, she got so much momentum. She was like, oh, my God, people love this. People are asking me to come back every week. So obviously I have to charge at this point. And now I have a business. Then she went to her brother and she's like, I think I have a business. I can't even keep up with how much demand there is. All they want is freaking blowouts. I think we're opening a thing that's just blowouts. And he's like, God, you're already making that much money just out of your own car. Let's go. There you go. Proof of concept. There you go. She had a business. Very quickly, they opened 100 stores. Very fast. Like so fast because it was everywhere. Everybody wanted to be in on it. So it starts with having this radical courage to tell people, hey, this is something I love to do and I can help. If this is something you're curious about, it's free. Come and let me do it for you. Let's see how it feels. Next thing you know, You'll start to learn more. You'll start to adjust. You'll start to fix. And then you'll say, is this something that you want? And people will be like, I do want this. And then you will build out a business. And sooner or later, you'll have to rent space from some chiropractor or a massage therapist, and you'll have a whole thing. And sooner or later, it just starts to spread. And that's how it goes. It's not hard. It takes courage. That's all it takes. Is it? Smart. Like, say if my dream is to be able to do what I do from anywhere so we can live anywhere. Do I need to think of that when I think of what offer I'm making people like and which hobby I'm, or which interest I'm choosing? You know, like, say if it was this one, would it need to be more hands on so I couldn't grow it to that point of being online? I mean, this can go in a million directions. So you can do that from anywhere. I mean, my friend Amy Purdy, who is a Olympic snowboarder with no legs. That's an interesting story. She's a total miracle. She has two prosthetic legs and she's an Olympic snowboarder. 
talk about possibility. I mean, these are the people I surround myself with, you guys. That's why I'm like, of course you can start a business. She can freaking snowboard with two prosthetic legs. You can make a million dollars in your business. But anyway, she became a massage therapist so she could snowboard anywhere in the world. She quickly didn't need to be a massage therapist because she made millions and millions of dollars snowboarding and now being the face of Toyota. But that is something you can do anywhere in the world. However, you said earlier that you love being an investigator. Well, if you're an investigator, you could start an entire podcast about all kinds of wellness. Then you could start a membership community for people who want to be in on that and learn from different experts about all kinds of different wellness things. And you can charge $47 a month for people to be in a membership and you can grow that membership like my friend Carrie Green grew her membership to 5,000 members at $67 a month. That's millions of dollars a year just to be an investigator, just to have people come on in and talk to women about all different kinds of things related to growing a business. She wasn't even the expert, but there's so many people like that. But how did she start her membership? For free. The first month is free. Come together with a group of 20 women who are all interested in this. Do you want to stay in it? Yes, I do. What was the first offer? It wasn't $67 when it started. It was $27. But then those members were so into it that they told somebody else. And then she had the confidence. So she knew how valuable it was. She knew what a great network it was. So she started to talk about it. And then every month they'd bring in another 20 people. It grew to 5,000 people. Just the membership. Can she do that from anywhere in the world? Yes, she can. All of this exists and it's not hard. It is about taking courageous action. And the essence of it is always choose an idea, see if there are people who are interested, then give that idea away for free. Now we get customers. Now we get investment of people engaged with their feedback. We make it better and then we sell it and we scale it from there. It's like, yeah, it's not that complicated, but you have to have the courage and you need to know what's the next step. It's like making a cake. It's like making bread. If you don't let the yeast rise, doesn't matter that you put the yeast in. So there's little steps that actually need to be understood. And then that actually makes it simple, but anybody can make bread. But you do need to know when to fold in which ingredients because it will make a difference and you should preheat the oven. Don't just put it in right when you turn it on and let it sit for 30 minutes because it won't bake. Like there are certain nuances, but it's actually not complicated. And that's why I love teaching it because every single one of you can start a business and grow a business this year. And every single one of you can make your first million dollars without a doubt, without a doubt. But it takes this level of get up and let's go. And then it takes every day a commitment to 45 minutes of decisive courage. That's what it takes. And let's go. Let's just go make it. (laughs) Honestly, it exists for you. It exists. It already exists. But we have to get really bold and move in to action. Do you feel a little bit better? Did I change your mindset? That was your question. Can you help me change my mindset? Do you feel like your mindset has now changed on this topic a little bit? I feel, I feel like this is what I was like missing the first time around because it was all the, the structure of like, do this to sell this. But then like the energetics behind it, anything like that isn't there. And I, I've just been so in my head. So that helps a ton. Okay. We're going to have another conversation now. Can you well, also pronounce your name? Because I don't want to butcher anybody's names. Of course. My name's Anthea. It's a British okay. name. So it's not that common. Okay. I'm wow. like, that's I, I was just, um, I saw you the whole time like this, like in it. I'm like, she's so in it and it's so sweet. Oh, so tell us in it. I'm so in it. Tell us a little bit about you and, um, what's going So, uh, I'm a British movement teacher and I just come to realize that the word that describes it generally is humor, which is a really odd. It's like you talking about God. I come from what an addiction background and it's been really long time to use the word God. It gave me a heebie-jeebies and it's such a spacious, broad, beautiful concept. I think yesterday was the first I mean, people. to me, God is oneness. It's like the infinite field. That's it. It's the unified field. And it is this loving, creative force that made us all. And I have a relationship with this divine and, and we all have it. And the reason we don't like the word God, I think, is because we had definitions of God when we were all like five years old and we made God this angry man in the sky that like we saw pictures like that and like you know what i mean that's like so minimizes this like force <laughs> but anyway i have to say i'm a relatively new huge fan i'm one of the huge fans of your work you arrived 
I guess this is sort of what I wanted to consult you in the group about is, um, so my addiction, one of the ways, one of the process addictions was like massive control, just massive control. And it just, it's so effective in a big commercialized world and it is so, so damaging. So I've spent a long time moving away from that and really waking up in the morning, God, where would you have me be? And there's also this idea underneath that there's a phrase which is God wants me to be happy, joyous and free. And it's like this faith that underpins, it underpins your willingness to turn to a power greater than yourself, even if it's just your own intuition. And like, I really feel this is such a roomy feel. For most people, it's just going to be, oh, what can I sense deep down in my belly? What's something I want to do? But I can tell there's something of expectation or an old story that's getting in the way and it's blocking me. And I see that in the clinic with people's bodies all the time. And so I, I became a coach because the stuff that I was seeing in my physical practice was that although we were doing so much healing work from a tissue perspective, they couldn't let it go because their body was keeping them safe because of all of the things that they hadn't processed. And so your story, when I first heard it, I listened to you, courtesy of Emily Fletcher, and then as landed in LA, that was happening. And that was like, you and her have a similar vibe. That's really, really beautiful and really, really needed. Our nervous systems are shot. You know, I like, we weren't designed to have nonstop notifications on phones and such busyness and constant news in our face. I mean, in the 1980s, even then, like, I didn't know what was going on with everyone on the block. I didn't have to process everybody's pain and trauma and breakups and who they voted for. It was like, we we just kind of lived a simpler life, right? And now it's like the nervous system cannot tolerate it. It's like, we're not built to do that. And so all the more reason why we need things like podcasts seriously, because we need to slow down and really listen to each other. And what you're talking about, what you're doing, you are so needed. Okay, I see it. As you say, I can feel the goosebumps. And this is one of the things I wanted to consult you on is, so I come from a background, I don't know if, you, if any of you guys have spent much time in England, but it is not a place the same as the States where you say what you want and you go for what you want. Mm-hmm. At the best, you tiptoe mm. through the hierarchies to try and kind of get some exhausting. Just hearing it is so tiring. tiring. So tiring, so tiring. And I did it, again, I did it with my life because I was a massive people pleaser. I did the codependent thing. It was all great fun. But what's risen in me is this deep, deep, deep feeling that I have a really big purpose that I'm meant to. It's not my purpose, right? But I have a big purpose that I'm meant to be doing. And my sense is it's going to take big fruition in the next couple of decades. There's no rush, but it's like, it's... it's Oh, I'm getting all the feels from this. I yeah. love this. And I have them as well. And it, like, it goes against the conditioning. So I do a lot of work around that. But my question was two things. One, it's not in England. It's not super common to talk about your problems because there's such a fear of the labeling and the judgment and almost losing the sense of authority from having said, this is where I was. And one of the things I really appreciate about you and, and Emily is the same that you are very open, like you've just been sharing. And it doesn't, in my perspective, at all degrade how much I want to hear you. It makes me want to hear you more. Right. But for some reason, when I think about myself, there's that, ah, there's something strange that's coming up as resistance. And then my other question was, you just mentioned that you're impatient. And I am always ahead. I'm in the States right now on a spiritual journey. The only thing I had planned before I left England was one spiritual retreat in Costa Rica. But then I knew I was coming to the States. And every single step that I've taken has been following my feet, been a God job. And I've had the most incredible opportunities as a result of that, including talking to you now, just slightly blowing my mind. Um, but there's like a, how do I get that? That's the question that keeps still coming up. It's like, but the how? And every time I drop back into presence, I'm like, it's fine. You'll know the next thing. You'll know the next thing just by being connected and being aligned. Yeah. I mean, but that okay. was my, that was my second question. All right. So, yeah. Two, two things. Number one. Thank you for everything that you said. (laughs) I totally receive it. Number two, you talked earlier about control Mm -hmm. and what I'm about to say, you know, I'm just going to repeat it. When we are scared, we move into control. Ego, all it wants to do is control because it feels safer when it knows, when it can predict. Mm -hmm. The soul doesn't feel safe when it's trying to control because it wants to surrender. 
So the soul is our flow state. And that's the place where we know we have something more powerful than control, which is being connected to the divine and to wherever we're supposed to be, where we're supposed to be, when we're supposed to be there. This is really big, right? Because you said like 14 times how you were raised in a culture where it doesn't feel safe to be open because people will judge or people will demote you from a place of respect because you were open. This is my two cents on that. Yes, the culture is different for sure. British culture is different than the culture that we have here. And that's still very much a human experience. Okay. That's still very much a universal experience that people want to be liked and they want their parents approval, their neighbors approval. That's still very much just a universal thing. And what I will say is that it's only the ego in all of us that's having that experience. People might think they want to like size you up when they're coming from their ego. They're like, well, who is she? Where'd she go to school? Where's their soul? Who they really are doesn't care. What they really care about, like if you look back at the history of your whole life, the moments you are most impressed with another person are always the moments you felt love and vulnerability from another person. It's actually the only thing that impresses anyone. I have sat in rooms with Lady Gaga. I have sat in rooms with people who are running for president. I've sat in rooms with presidents. Every one of those people isn't impressed by anything other than vulnerability, love, and authenticity. Because at a certain point, what what are you going to say that's impressive? They've met people with five Grammys. They know what it's like to have a fancy car. Not impressive. We didn't come to the world for a pile of things. We have way bigger dreams than that. We're not a shopping cart. We're not trying to fill it with like status and where you went to college and you don't get points for things. We don't actually evaluate other people that way. Society tells us that that's like the benchmark, but that's actually not what happens. The people who are actually in your inner circle, you didn't put them through like a test and say, well, you have this much money in the bank. You got these grades. Your status is here. You have this many followers. Okay, I'll let you it. You only are friends with the people who have spiritual power, who have emotional power. That's the only power. So what I've done in my podcast, in my business, in my life is I've made myself unavailable to convince people who want to play from a place of needing me to impress them. I opted out. I unsubscribed. I'm unsubscribed. So the only thing I'm available for is people who are willing to like take off the evaluator hat and just be with me as I am. So it's a much easier life because it's like people will DM me and say, really? You're so woo. And I go, I am so, you don't know how woo I am. You shouldn't follow me. You should unsubscribe like now. You should have unsubscribed like before. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not going to pretend to meet you where you need to be met because I can't do that, right? Or people will be like, what do you know about anything? You don't have a PhD. And I'm like, 100% I don't. If you need someone with a PhD, you shouldn't listen to me because I don't have one. And that just comes from fear anyway. I mean, that's the only reason that that comes. And when you were talking, I was just like, so I was writing down titles for the podcast, which is again, felt super guided. And then you came in and then I saw that you were doing this. I didn't find you for this, but then obviously. So, I mean, it's so cool. It's, it's so cool. I, I feel like we make things so effing hard because we just assign ourselves the task to get everyone's approval. And the truth is we will never win at that. The truth is that there are already people that have disdain for me. I mean, even when I was in fourth grade, by the time I was in fourth grade, I'm sure there were 19 girls who thought I was an idiot. I don't care. It's not my job. It's not my business. It's not my business. And honestly, it's not even a problem. 
There are plenty of people in fourth grade that I didn't like. Is it their job to convince me to like them? They're not my type. I don't know. Something about you. I don't like it. Why is it a problem? It's not. The problem is me trying to collect the whole world when really I am only meant to serve the people who can hear me. Yeah. You have a very high level, high vibe spiritual practice. You have a very deep soul. The people who are eating Chick-fil-A and watching Two and a Half Men, I'm just saying, for the most part, you're not serving there. You're not going to stand in front of Chick-fil-A and say, would you like to work on your body move? Like, it's like, it's okay. And it's not to say that a bunch of those people can't overlap and be your people. I'm simplifying it. But what I'm saying is you are there for the people who have already been trending here. They've already been on this journey and you're exactly what they need now. And everybody else, they can't hear you anyway. The truth is people don't see you. They only see what they're willing to see. They won't see you anyway. They only see a projection of what they see. And that's a choice. They're the projector. So what I want you to do is see by choice what's here. Meaning to say, you can look for evidence that people don't get it and da 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 da, and people will judge me or you can choose to change your focus and focus on all the people in this room right now and say for every one of the people in this room, there's a line of people like that. And I'm just going to go work for those people. I'm going to spiritually serve those people. Everyone else, they can exit and we're good. It's so beautiful because hearing you say it, I can kind of feel that it's already happened. And that happens to me. I don't know if you get this, but sometimes when you verbalize it, it's like, oh, I'm in the verbalizing of it. I'm realizing that I'm not there. Totally. It's already done. And you know what? It's a grieving yeah. because there's an identity that you used to build around being liked and it, it dies hard. Look, the ego doesn't want to die. It wants to be at the driver's seat. And now it's about like recognizing that protective mechanism and just being like, I love you. You can no longer drive this car, but you can sit in the back. And you can tell that part of you, if I ever need you, I'll have you drive. I love that. You know what I, I mean? Like if I'm ever yeah. in a moment and I'm feeling really scared and I, I feel too vulnerable, I'll let you drive and I'll, I'll put up a wall. You don't have to completely blow up all of your protective mechanisms. It's just that you can't live with them because they're choking you at this point. It's exhausting. And this is the healing process. So you're doing phenomenal. Everyone on this call, this is it. This is what your audience looks like. Kind, open-hearted, intelligent, emotionally intelligent, cool people. This is it. You're good. Golden, thank you so much. Thank you're you so welcome. welcome. That was so great. Well, I hope you got something from that. I want to give a big shout out to... I want to give... I want to give a big thank you to Allison and Anthena for letting us share this with you. You can follow Allison on Instagram at the Fajardo, which is T-H-E-F-A-J-A-R-D-O, fam, F-A-M, and Anthena at underscore mind body coach. We'll have the links in the show notes so you can give them your support. All right, here are the takeaways. Number one, you have so much more value that people need. Every one of us already has those diamonds within us. Number two, people aren't interested in the PhD or the certification. It's about the results. Number three, courage comes before the confidence. The first thing you do is to employ courage and then confidence comes. Number four, love is the mic drop. Anyone can feel when someone is loving. That is always the most powerful person in the room. Number five, you're either going to let fear rule you or you're going to get over yourself, get your life and show up for your destiny. Number six, the soul is our flow state. That's the place where we know we have something more powerful than control, which is being connected to the divine and to wherever we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be there. Number seven, we didn't come to the world for a pile of things. We're not a shopping cart. We have way bigger dreams than that. And number eight, you are there for the people who have already been trending here. They've already been on this journey and you're exactly what they need now. All right, one more thing. I want to give a shout out to the students for my podcast program. Let's celebrate Clarissa Castillo-Ramsey, who hosts Painting Your Path, Chris Ladon and her Picture Love podcast, Sasha Braham, who hosts the Woo Woo Teachers Club podcast, Anne Kamholtz and her podcast, Be Your Brave, and Alexandra Alvarez, who hosts One Minute to Glory, Live Your Best Life Now. You're all such amazing women, and you should be so proud of getting your voices out there. I'm going to put a link to all of those shows in the show notes. And I wanted to say thank you for being here. I know that there's so much that you could be doing during the holidays and anytime, and it means so much to me that you're here. 
There are so many amazing episodes coming up. So please make sure that you follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening. And if you feel so inclined, please leave us a review because it helps so much. And if you know anyone who would benefit from this conversation, please share the podcast. I love you. I'll leave you with a song of mine. I hope you have an amazing week and I'll talk to you soon. We should get away. Make today a holiday. Steal a little time. Stay in bed or go outside. Don't matter what we do. As long as I'm with you, you know. My favorite point of view is when you're standing here. You make me happy. I'm so happy. You make me happy, happy. in the rain Kiss under the overhang Share an ice cream cone Share some secrets no one knows